Welcome to SpotCast, your single point of contact podcast for the service management and support industries. Brought to you by HDI, where service management and support professionals belong. I'm your host for SpotCast, Roy Atkinson. This week for episode three, our guest is Greg Sanker. Greg is a 30-year veteran of IT management, a blogger, speaker, author of IT Change Management, A Practitioner's Guide, published by TSO, and currently the CIO of a state agency. There's a lot of conversation going on, or at least I've seen quite a bit of it, that suggests that service management is going the way of the dodo bird. Titles like IT Service Management is Dead. That's pretty clear. Yeah. Do you think it is? Well, let's start with this. It depends on what your view of service management is. I mean, one one man's service management is another man's nightmare, right? So let's let's be really clear on one point. Everybody in IT is doing service management, quote unquote. That's just how IT gets things done. Where there's less agreement, where it's not clear on what exactly service management is when we try to wrap it with some kind of like formality like you know, is it ITIL, is it COVID, is it ISO twenty thousand or other, you know, modern service management or other phrases that we hear. Just getting stuff done that your customers care about, that's service management. So we're all doing that. Is that going to go away? No. How we do that is liable to change, probably should change, maybe needs to change faster than it has up to this point. But the real question, the question behind the question that we've seen for years and years is so much of what goes under the banner of quote-unquote service management is really badly implemented. It's internally focused. It has to do with processes and a whole mismatch of, of different silos is trying to, to uh, optimize what they do as opposed to really focusing in on what we're trying to achieve as an organization from end to end. So that that is a practice. Yeah, that needs to go away. You know, we're, we focus on so many things that we believe is going to make us better that really add no value to what our customers actually care about. So the reason we're talking about it now, the reason it's, it's become a thing is there's better ways to deliver service management than what we've traditionally done. There's more customer-focused approaches, and we and we really need to be doing that. And when you say there's better ways to do it, could you elaborate on that just a little bit? Oh, you're going to make me say it, are you? I am. <laughs> well, hey, well, look, DevOps is the phrase of the day, and I love DevOps. But I'm not sure exactly what DevOps is either, actually. So, I mean, we talk about it's, it's not a methodology, it's not a standard, it's not a practice. It's, it's more of a mindset or a, a kind of a, a way we think about the things that we do. And as, and as that regard, uh, I think service management could benefit a lot from the concepts of, of DevOps, like getting value into the hands of our customers, shortening our, our, our product cycles and, and getting feedback early on in the process and, and, and moving towards things that our customers actually care about. So, you know, so, so it's not just DevOps. It's, it's just the, you know, lean IT or just the pro, the principles of lean, uh, the, the idea that what does this look like from the perspective of our, of our customers? Do our customers have the same view about what we do as we do? And are we in alignment with, with delivering those things that our customers actually care about? Are we in the game with our customers? Do they really believe that we're there and understand their challenges and concerns? Let's narrow it down now from service management in general down to a particular area of expertise that you have, which is change management. And what do you think is the main 
purpose of change management and what else can it do besides that main purpose? I've been talking about change management for a long, long, long time. And there's there's some things that change management sets out to do. But first of all, let's talk about there's a, a, a body of study around organizational change management. And that's not what we're talking about, though it's very related. So when we talk about change management, what we're talking about is from an IT operations standpoint or a service delivery standpoint, when we're managing changes to the services, to the services that we deliver, to the components, to the infrastructure, uh, whether that be cloud or on-premises, how do we manage those changes so that we accomplish certain things? So let me tell you the five things that I believe change management really should be about and probably always was about. First, it's about timely and effective implementation of things that the customer cares about uh, that, that might be change related, right? And the second is that we have to manage risk associated with making those changes. And the third is minimizing the negative impact uh, either to or for the business of those changes. And the other one that we do, number four, would be uh, making sure that we're actually achieving the, the desired business outcomes. And, and maybe I'll say a little bit more about that a little bit later. But also, uh, lastly, governance and compliance expectations have to be met in the process. So those are the five core things that I believe that change management uh, seeks to do. And change management is not a process. I'll get in trouble by some practitioners for saying that, but change management is a capability that's comprised of processes, of people, uh, of tools, and other things. But it's the ability or uh, the capability of an organization to bring about changes that your customer needs in a way that meets their, their appetite for risk and man minimizes impact and facilitates outcomes while we're making sure that our governance and compliance expectations are met which is a little bit of a departure from how it's practiced so commonly in many, many organizations all over the world. What else could it do? Well, the thing is, change management is, is the place to be, which is why I spend so much time there. Because if you think about things that, that customers and our businesses actually care about, and, and by customers, I mean external customers, is the new features, the new capabilities, the new things that we're able to do that we weren't able to do. Everything that's good in this business is brought about by some form of a change and how well we bring those things about, how quickly we do it, how effectively we do it, how we do it in alignment with our risk appetite and our desire for achieving those outcomes. That differentiates us from being a marginal performer or a subpar organization. So organizations that are truly great, those unicorn organizations that are delivering high value are those that are able to effectively manage change, bring change about that the business needs. And so change brings people together because change when done correctly uh, is, is a horizontal collaboration of all the players required to, to not only bring the change about, but to successfully uh, support it before, during, and after the transition to effectively bring value into the hands of users you know, are they using the features that are, that have been added? Are they being effective with it? Are their features actually achieving what we set out to do by that? So it's, it's kind of like change management is at the crossroads of all things that are good in, in IT service delivery. That's why I'm in love with it. You said something interesting there about good change management being a collaboration. And I don't think a lot of people view it that way. What brought you to that conclusion? Why did you start thinking about change management as a collaboration? 
that's a really good question because anybody who's still listening to this podcast is sitting there going, holy cow, I've seen change management and it's everything but collaboration. It's a bureaucratic, obstructionist process that slows everything down and is antithetical to timely and effective changes and is everything that's wrong in IT service delivery. Look, we've earned that reputation. We collectively, as an industry, have earned that reputation. But it doesn't have to be that. In fact, the core guidance that brought us to doing that never actually told us that we had to do those things in those ways that are so incredibly bureaucratic. A lot of us think of change management as being synonymous with CAP, the Change Advisory Board. The, the typical CAP cycle is you turn in your, your request for change by Tuesday and we meet on Thursday or Friday or something, you know. So there's, there's like this weekly cycle and that's really typical and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But when we're trying to review 50 or 100 changes every Thursday, that's a, that is a lot of waiting. And also if we're any form of, of agile or accelerated or continuous delivery waiting for next Thursday, potentially, you know, more than a week for the next opportunity to review changes, that, that's slowing down. It, it could potentially add a whole week to the delivery of something that typically could take, you know, two or three weeks in, in an iterative approach. If we're viewing change management from that perspective, it's a bureaucracy. And bureaucracy isn't a naughty word. It just simply is a way of managing things from the top down. But if we view it as a work stream, it's a horizontal flow from left to right. That's language that you've heard in this industry. And change management is about how do we effectively manage a change from left to right, making sure that all of those objectives that I mentioned are met. It doesn't say we have to stop and go to CAB. It simply says, let's make sure that we've achieved those outcomes. And to do that, we need people working together in ways that they have not traditionally done under a CAB-based or, you know, a, a, a traditional change management, if you'll allow me to say that. So when done correctly, it has to be a horizontal collaboration uh, of folks. And that's that's why I like you know, the, the, the fundamental concept, if you will, you take development, we all know that, right, and operations and, you know, the traditional brick wall that stands between them, development throws something over the wall and operations has to catch it and figure it out, right? So we take conceptually dev and connect them to, to ops and we have DevOps. And the idea simply is we've horizontally integrated those two functions and now we have DevSecOps and we have all of these other things because it's more than just dev and ops, right? In this effective collaboration. But what it highlights is the fact that it's horizontal and not vertical. It is a flow and it's not a stepwise, you know, like the ping pong go ball going from bucket to bucket as it goes down the hill. That would be a traditional stepwise approach. But it, but a, a more modern view is it's, it's being done in the flow from left to right. And that's why I talk about it as a collaboration. A little bit earlier on in the conversation, you said that one of the one of the five things that you talked about with reference to change management was was minimizing impact, and I would gather from that that you want to minimize adverse impact, right, on the yep. business. Uh, but on the other hand, if we work collaboratively to accelerate and produce the kinds of changes that the customers want and need, could you say that it was maximizing the positive impact on the organization? The, the concept of minimizing negative impact is, is, is a fascinating phenomenon, uh, and I don't want to walk completely back from it, but if you think about that, 
the presumption is the best case scenario would be that you would have zero impact on the customer, not nothing negative, right? And so we're trying to drive from being, you know, impactful or negatively impactful up to a net zero gain. And I would suggest that's a good idea. Uh, in traditional change management, could do that. Most organizations could improve uh, their their performance on, on on minimizing negative impact. But the real goal, the real game, of course, is to have a positive impact uh, on the customer, actually adding value to the customer. And you do that by, you know, uh, the idea that having value, business value today, is better than a delayed. Uh, delivery of that. And that's why we really start looking at time to value and are we realizing the outcome? I mean, the classic change man- management example is we push out an update to say maybe our office uh, suite, right? Uh, and we send out the upgrade and we're, we're totally satisfied. We didn't have any crashes. Everybody restarted. And on Monday morning, the business doesn't know how to print. The, the business doesn't know how to open old files. They can't find their existing files. And so they're unable to do any work. So if you look at that from a traditional change management perspective, success, uh, IT gets to celebrate. We upgraded all of the word, and there's no technical or, or the office suite, uh, and there's no technical issue. So we were successful. But if you look at from a business standpoint, we can't do our jobs. We can't even do what we were doing yesterday, let alone new features or new capabilities that we would like to do tomorrow. That's why when I talk about uh, facilitating business outcomes, that first view is very IT-focused, very centric on what does it mean to IT and what is our part, and as I like to say, some assembly required for the customers, like good luck learning the new features or good luck finding your files. But if we hold change management accountable to actually achieving business outcomes, if your customer isn't able to do what they wanted to do, both what they were able to do previously and what we've suggested they're going to be able to do now that this new feature is added, then we haven't been successful according to those five criteria that I spelled out. And that's why I'm holding IT accountable to a higher level uh, of change uh, outcome realization because that's what it's really all about. Just making technical changes and doing no harm isn't good enough anymore. That's old school IT. Modern IT or modern uh, ability or modern IT change management capability is all about doing things that the customer is, uh, finds valuable and making sure that they're getting out of it what they wanted to get out of it. That's the difference. And that's you know, getting out of the IT mindset and into the business mindset more. If your change management capability's response to that very statement is, well, we did our part, that's epic fail zone right there. That is epic change management failure. Let's let's talk about some of the things that you talk about in your in your book, uh, IT change management: A Practitioner's Guide. So it's how to do change management, how to get started with it, and how to move through it. And you describe three phases of change management to get to optimization. And you've been talking about an optimized change management capability. Can you talk us through how organizations? maybe that are very rudimentary about change management or perhaps just starting or don't even have the process defined at all? How, how do they get there? How do they get to that optimization? I've seen two major sources of failure in change management or major, major sources of uh, struggle with regard to uh, both getting change management uh, functioning uh, and maturing it or moving it more towards what the business needs to do. And they, they have to do with kind of the scope 
that we have in, in, in mind. So if we start out and just say, we just need basic change management, we just need to make sure that we get everything put in and don't cause any problems, something interesting happens with human beings. When we're first exposed to a new topic, we, we take a mental snapshot, if you will, of what that thing is. And so when we start change management with a very small program that's just like, let's just make sure we look at changes and, and make sure nothing bad happens, is we, we form ideas in people's mind that that's all that change management ever is. And then when we start trying to mature change management where it's looking at, you know, uh, outcome realization and, and governance and risk and some of these other more business oriented things, people struggle with that. It's like, well, now you're trying to, you know, to do something else with your change management. So we either start too small and that handicaps our ability to uh, improve our, our program over time or mature it and get it in alignment with the business at the, at the higher level or one that's that's equally problematic is, you know, we go off to you know, to training and best practices or we came from a corporation where we had a fairly mature change management capability of one variety or another. And we say, OK, we're going to do change management and this is what that looks like. And we have this incredibly mature process that is dependent upon a lot of things that may not be present in your organization. And we kind of crush ourselves under the weight of this massive new new process uh, that doesn't fit the situation of our organization in its current state. And then we face kickback. It becomes bureaucratic and people know it. And so what, what I've, what I've suggested or spelled out in the book is we need to start where the organization is. And if that's, if that's, we don't have any formalized change management, then we would be ill advised to just start saying, okay, we're going to start doing change management and here's what it's going to look like because Change management is happening in every organization. You're doing some form of change management. So if we want to start doing a kind of a formal change management where we're, we're formally reviewing uh, changes or formally managing the input, the uh, changes that are flowing through the system, then we're going to need to change some thought processes and some cultural elements around that. So let's focus on just getting the idea introduced of being successful, of, of evaluating changes. But make people aware that it, there is some additional maturity points. So I, I like to say, you know, think globally, but act locally. So think about a big change uh, program that you eventually may get to. You might not. But implement the pieces that make sense for your organization to really get people thinking about, let's make sure that we're not, you know, causing adverse impact to the business and that we're managing risk and making sure we're, we're getting those outcomes that we need. And once you're successful in that small program, then as business needs dictate, then we start maturing and we start, as I like to put it, moving upstream and start focusing on, let's start focusing on changes that really are changes, not so much about the technical nuts and bolts, like is it, what does the business need changed in, in this service? And that overlaps very well uh, with, you know, your, your iterative approach to here's the changes that we're going to implement or the, or the, you know, the updates to the products, et cetera. And we start focusing up front and then making sure that those things are realized at the far end before we ship them into production. So that's kind of in a nutshell, those those two kind of major steps. And then once those pieces are in place, again, depending on the needs of your organization, then you want to start optimizing that. Because here's the thing. If you begin with a basic change management uh, process and you're in an organization where there's hundreds of, of changes some of those changes are big. Some of those changes are small. Some of those have a significant amount of risk, and some barely have any risk at all. 
And if you're doing a one-size-fits-all, then you immediately are implementing a bureaucratic process where a, a massive change to your finance system is given the same amount of scrutiny that releasing a new version of Firefox uh, is received on your desktop. And they have different risks and different uh, impact to the business if things go wrong with those. And so you have to adapt to meet the needs of the business. And you have to have a change management capability that recognizes that not all changes are created equally. Uh, and I don't know that we have the time to go into it, but things like standard changes and, and change uh, delegation uh, and change models where we try to push as much of the change management uh, to as low in the organization as possible, meaning as near to the work being done as possible. So as you mature your change management capability from what I call phase one to phase two, now we have the basic building blocks of managing changes within the organization. But again, I didn't, I'm not talking about having a cab meeting or looking at the technical details. Remember those five things that we're trying to achieve. Those are the basic building blocks of change management in a modern world. So let's look at that. So now we're looking at, an, let's say, DevOps. And I'm not an expert in DevOps, but I have a pretty good working knowledge of how it works. And change management, the building blocks of change management are baked into that process of let's be clear about what we're doing and why we're doing it. Let's be clear that the work stream is producing the outcomes that we put out, set out to do. And change management is actually one of those feedback loops, which you hear so much about in the DevOps world, that helps us understand what's the quality of changes that are coming down this work stream. So, so once we have those building blocks, now we can optimize them and meet any of the modern needs for speeds or continuous delivery uh, methodologies because we understand what it is that we're trying to do from a change management perspective. But also recognize that organizations are, are under governance and compliance expectations, HIPAA, PCI, uh, you know, student uh, information uh, privacy, and, and a lot of other requirements depending on the needs of your organization. And those, those uh, requirements often have expectations of, are you effectively managing changes through the organization? So we have to manage those changes, both to ensure that we're, we're achieving the business value that we need, but also to make sure that we're meeting our risk, governance, and, and compliance, our controls uh, objectives through the process. Now, here's where it gets interesting. If you have a one-size-fits-all change management capability, then you're going to find yourself at odds with those areas of your organization that might be uh, virtualized and highly automated uh, and containerized and in the cloud or really optimized to have continuous flow that actually works the way that they describe it uh, in the literature around DevOps. And so if change management says, well, regardless of how you do your changes, you have to stop until we take a look at it, that is antithetical to continuous flow. But if change management looks at its role in validating the ability of that work stream to produce the quality results that we need and that we're validating it through testing and we're building into the process, we're engineering quality into the process, then we can do it hands off and making sure that we're achieving those outcomes that I described. And that's why those outcomes are vastly more important than others that we might have thought about in the past, you know, that are more technical or nuts and bolts or process oriented nature. So that's how the pieces kind of come together. And, and in case you can't tell, I'm kind of excited about that. That's, that is my world, and I love that. There's a field of study that I'm, that I'm looking into for my, my next book, which I, I can't really talk about, but it's change management related, uh, talking about anti-fragile. 
And the fact that modern systems are so incredibly complex that we can't really understand how it all fits together or by the time we've invested enough time and energy to understand how it works, we've moved on to a new version. So think of it uh, with the automobile. At one point, uh, a driver of an automobile understood a tremendous amount about the machinery that he or she was driving. But in a modern uh, day, we get in the car, we drive it to work, that's it. The, the necessity for us to understand the nuts and the bolts has kind of gone the way of the dodo bird, hearkening back to your earlier statement. Uh, and it's now focused exclusively on well, what do you need to be able to accomplish? What is it that you want to do with this mechanism? And the theory in the nutshell uh, about anti-fragile is that some amount of failure or adversity introduced into the system helps us learn how the system operates. It's like having a, a, a tire that goes flat. You go, whoa, now I know what it's like to have the car veer off to the side and I counter steer. So I've learned something about uh, the car by having a failure, hopefully in a safe way. And complex IT systems are similar. So the the very fundamental concept with regard to change management that we have to understand how all the pieces fit together and how it all works or we might make a mistake somewhere is kind of giving way to saying, well, maybe it's a good thing to introduce failure. What happens if, if one of a cluster of servers go down or if a, one of our network uh, links go down or, or, or things like that and, and actually embrace the idea that so long as we've kind of put parameters around what could fail and how much impact that could have on the business, it's actually a good thing. And that has tremendous implications on change management when practiced at speed or in a, you know, a, a, a modern development and in, in infrastructure kind of environment. I'll take a high performance culture that's highly collaborative and highly communicative. And by that, I don't mean more email. I mean, we know what to communicate and when to achieve this outcome where that's very, very clear. And this radical focus on our customers and what it is that we uh, ascribe to do is probably more valuable than the actual process elements if you focus exclusively on the process. When we look at an, an optimized change management system, what does it allow organizations to do more easily and what problems does it solve? The, the challenges of, of, of modern business, just the, the, everything is accelerated and hyper-focused. Uh, I remember years and years ago, uh, I was involved with, with a, a, a area of a business for a, a large tech corporation. And one of my jobs was to make secure network connections between my organization and these partner organizations. And, and this will sound funny at this point in time, but it, it illustrates a point. We had driven down the amount of time it took from like a year to 18 months down to about six months, a, a, a massive reduction in the amount of time it took to go through, you know, the, the looking at firewall rules and bringing up circuits and, and all that sort of stuff, uh, analyzing uh, the systems that were communicating system to system. And we'd got it down to six months. And I had a conversation uh, with a prominent manager in a business that I served. And what he said was this is, well, Greg, that's that's nice and everything. But you need to understand that in the market space that I'm driving for, we come up with a new idea we establish relationships with vendors, we prototype, we bring to market products in six months. So literally, Greg, the game is over before you can help us do anything. And that's really sharp, and that was more than 20-some-odd years ago. 
that's really sharpened my focus on I thought I was doing great. I thought I was had made a significant contribution to my organization. And my business more or less said, that's great and everything, but you're still irrelevant because this is the reality that we're operating in. And so I view change management as the ability of my organization, IT organization, to bring about things that our business cares about in the time uh, that they expect us to do. And it doesn't necessarily mean that faster is always better than slower. It just simply means we're meeting the need for speed as identified by our business. What game are we playing here? What game is it that my business needs me to be in? And am I doing everything? If I optimized my capability to deliver what they need me to be uh, in this situation that they face. And that changes over time, by the way, as your organization changes, uh, as you mature, as you pursue different markets or uh, different regulations are brought upon your organization or your market sector. Thank you very much, Greg, for taking the time to talk to me today and give us the insights that you have into how change management is evolving and what it can and should be in the future. Really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you having me on, Roy. You, you know that I will always talk about change management and IT service management because it aligns with my core value, which is let's pursue excellence in what we do. Awesome. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for listening to SpotCast. I'm your host, Roy Atkinson. We'll see you next time.